So, this is Mark from Mark's Got Problems, and I'm here with my compadre, Eddie Bowes, from Being Eddie Bowes and Memoirs of a Philistine. Say hello, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. And uh, we're melding ourselves together in what will hopefully be a glorious collision between two atoms, hopefully not resulting in the creation of miniature wormholes. Um, so, what I want to do, Eddie, today, if you're okay with that, is communicate to you a story. Totally okay with that. Yeah, you're okay with a story? I, a little story? F- I like stories. Uh, it's a real life, real world story. And mm. I want to preface it by kind of just just admitting to you that I'm I'm a complete, you know me, I'm a complete skeptic. Um, yep. I, I don't believe in any kind of pseudoscientific bullshit. Unless there's good re- unless there's good reason to believe in it, uh, or unless I'm provided with good reason to believe in it, and I want to say I want to tell you it's a story about a UFO, and I say a that, UFO, yeah, a UFO, and I say that really tentatively. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, for fuck. But I, <laughs> I want to preface it by saying it's built into the d- definition of a UFO that the object uh, in question is unidentified, and being a skeptic mm-hmm. without going into too many uh, technical philosophical definitions, I'm very happy to say that. The object in this story, featured in this story, I, I, I have no idea what it was, and uh, I'm quite happy to say I have no... I, beyond this point, I have not a clue what the fuck I'm talking about. You are um, happy to claim ignorance. Yeah, so I, I think we should maybe place a flag here where we all can see it, that beyond this line right here, if you can imagine the line right in front of you, yeah, I'm going to push the beyond the line okay. and recognise, or in full recognition of the fact, that I no longer know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that's a great start to this podcast, isn't it? Guys, we have no idea. We have no what idea what we're talking about. So we're, basically nope, this podcast is going to be every which way of, of Eddie and I agreeing that neither of us have a fucking clue what we're talking about. It's just like life. So, first of all, what, what I, what I want to get you to do, Eddie, yes, if right. you will, I is I, yeah. I, I just sent you a file, um, a, a, a JPEG file. It's actually a GIF. Is it a GIF? Yeah, it's a GIF, sorry. Stop saying GIF, it's GIF. It's, it's a GIF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually watched a, a pretty good video the other day, which sorted this debate out, and basically it the... is actually GIF, isn't it? But no, I'm well, just... well, the crux of the matter is that both pronunciations are fine. It's, oh, it's, it's fantastic! Fine. So, so neither of us are wrong about having a false debate. Um, uh, ah! so, 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 what I want you to do is open the GIF. <laughs> I'm opening GIF. said GIF. Oh, trippy! Should we make our own pronunciation, and then like there'll be a third pronunciation that people who dislike GIF and GIF can go to. I've opened the gif. You've opened the gif. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see pretty lights. So, so basically, you can probably tell uh, this is not a photo quality image. <laughs> right I'm sure. I mean, it depends on when you took it, because it might have been taken with like an old Nokia. A potato. And it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um. Drawn? So maybe, maybe it's worth you right off the bat just sort of ex- just just maybe describing, giving a brief description well, of of what okay. you can see. Uh, it picture in your mind. Although we could probably put this as some kind of source link dump sort of thing. But anyway, yeah, we, we can link um, it. But, but I want to get your first impressions. Okay, so it's uh, a sort of smoky background. Imagine sort of clouds, smoky background, and uh, a triangular shape. Um, I can't remember what sort of triangle it is because I haven't done maths for a very long time. With um, lights in the corner shining down, like very bright lights, and um, lights in the center, and it's all sort of smoky and mysterious. Ooh. That was a really bad description, which is why we, we will put a link to this um, guy. What we'll probably do is just like cut this part out and then we'll re record yeah. it. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll, we'll get take the whole thing and just start again. No. So, um, but we'll we'll put this um, guy in the uh, in the old um, <laughs> post. I love how you're just proceeding with guy now. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's good. It's got a ring. But yeah, so uh, it you know it looks very sort of foggy. Uh, a sort of a shape with lights come down triangular. I'm guessing that this is meant to be painted from uh, uh, you know looking up perspective. So you imagine that it's somebody without trying to front load you about any of the information. You imagine that the person is underneath, underneath looking up mm-hmm. at these sort of lights. And I imagine, considering the topic of conversation, this is said UFO. <laughs> Yeah, that would, that's, that's a clue. That's a little no, clue. No, th- no, this is a totally unrelated image. Yeah. This, is, this is just a thing I sent you. This is me in the bath. <laughs> wow. So, so uh, what I basically want to... I want to get your initial reaction to what you would think if I told you that at one time I, I had a girlfriend, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck off. And when I, when, <laughs> This was back in the middle of 2006, so I was probably... Probably... 
I don't know, 10 years ago, 15, 16. Sounds like nine years ago, yeah. Yeah, nine years ago. Yeah, about 15, 16 years old. Okay, cool. Um, and this girlfriend, I, I basically, for those who don't know, I come from um, a very, very small town in the south of England, which is basically a collection of farms jammed together. And uh, <laughs> in the middle of those farms, there sort of sprung up this big, uh, it's, it's like uh, geological moss, uh, which oh. people call a town. All <laughs> um, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought we were going to have a biology section here for a minute. No, 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 no. It's just uh, I, I live in a. a I, town. I basically live in a. Coll- I live in moss. Yeah, I live in a settlement made in a collection of fields. Um, okay. Cool. And one of the things that separates two of the two of the se- settlements is uh, a hill um, called okay. Broad Oak, and basically it's just. There's a, se- a settlement below with a load of houses and shops and whatnot. There's a big hill separating a, a bunch of other farms that are kind of like on a higher level up the hill. Right. Okay, and there's sure. also a tiny little hamlet at the top of the hill. Um, okay. And Sounds very nice. Yeah. And so when I was six, 15 or 16, I was giving my girlfriend a lift back to her house from mine. And I say that like I used to drive when I was 15 years yeah. old. I definitely didn't. Uh, my yeah. mum was in the front seat oh, okay. <laughs> driving the car. There we go. Driving the car, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we got to the top of her hill, near, our, near um, basically she lived halfway up the hill, and we had to go up to the top of the hill and make a, a U-turn. And then, and back down. Uh, uh, yeah. So as we reached the top of the hill, just past our house, we were making a U-turn, and up over a hedgerow at the top of the hill came this object. Uh, this triangular thing. Yep, and it was probably, I'd say, if you can imagine, uh, three street lamps high. So... Okay, yeah. And um, from my perspective, looking out of the windscreen, that's what we saw come over our car at about that height. And it was about that large uh, with respect to our car, even though it was that high. Um, right, that must be massive then. Because what, I mean, a street lamp's like one and a half storeys or two storey? I think so, yeah. Building? It, it, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. So, so, so a couple of the couple of weird features about this this experience was that the object, whatever it was, I'm open to interpretation. I'm I'm, I'm open to being told that it was a hang glider um, with a lot of Christmas <laughs> was, lights on it. It was, <laughs> <laughs> um, but a couple of strange features that make me want to lean away from thinking it was a hang glider with a load of Christmas lights on it are the fact that it it levitated above our car. It, at that position, completely stock still, silently. There was no noise whatsoever that this this right, thing made. Okay. Um, and then it kind of made um, a left a left motion, uh, like it sta- It didn't turn, but the whole thing moved left ways. Like it strafed in a way, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the word strafe means. If I'm completely uh, honest. With me. If, uh... When you're standing and you you tape a step to the left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't it didn't turn it. Yeah, exactly. Moved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so with <laughs> respect to our that. car, it's, it's strafed <laughs> um, to the left. And we, I, I shifted from looking out of the windshield to looking out of the left-hand passenger seat. Right. Um, and I could still see it uh, out there. It levitated there for maybe... Uh, you know, when you recount these stories, you probably you fixate on it and kind of try and expand it in your mind. But I would say that it yeah. probably ho- it hovered there for about five seconds, which, when you think about it, and you sort of count one... Two, two, three. It's quite a long time just to be hovering there yeah, silently without moving. Yeah. Um, it's a noticeable time for sure. Certainly longer than any aircraft that I've ever seen. Uh, sort of stay motionless in the air without falling down. Yeah. Um, and then another strange feature was that literally, um, as soon as that that whatever however many second period was up, it just snap and it was. I, you could see it leave a trail of light, so it didn't just blink out. It didn't like it, it was clearly travelling, but at such right. a speed that it went from that size with respect to our car to yeah. you could just see um, probably uh, if you can imagine just seeing a Christmas light in the sky, just at that wow, size. It was really? t- like it literally just went, and it was okay. That's pretty quick. So unless there was a, a freak gust of wind that blew our Christmas tree hang glider up. To that height and that altitude, uh, at that at that kind of velocity, at pace, yeah. I'm going to rule out it being a hang glider for now. Um, open to any suggestions. Maybe some people uh, who hang glide um, around Through Christmas trees, yeah, around the foothills of southern England uh, can can enlighten me. Um, but yeah, man. I've, so I just wanted to kind of get your initial reaction to the story so far, and then maybe we could dive off into the, some of the 
specifics of what it could be. You're crazy, Mark. I'm yeah. I, I, I'm willing to concede that. You're, you're totally good. Were you at the time on any form of hallucinogenic drugs? Uh, absolutely not. No, I was 15 years old. Did everyone else see it as well? Well, it wasn't just you. Because there was other people. Yeah, in the car. yeah. My my mum to my right saw it, and my girlfriend at the time saw it. Who was she was sat in the back seat. Okay. Um, and she wouldn't talk about it for a long time, actually. Like, I kept asking her about it. Like, I went into... We went to the same college, or sixth form, as we call them, in the south of yes. England. <laughs> um, sixth forms. And I, I went in the next day, and I was like, shit, like... You know, do you, do you remember that fucking weird thing we saw uh, last night? And she was like, don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? And it's only recently that she's weird, she's man. she's said to me, I do remember what we saw. It just freaked me the hell out, and I couldn't deal with talking about it. Mm, okay. And your mum saw it? Uh-huh. What's she say about it? We talk about it all the time. She's like, yeah, definitely fucking extraterrestrial craft, and, uh... <laughs> she, she's like, yep, aliens, she's, it's cool. Yep, she just jump, jumped completely to, yep, it's definitely extraterrestrial craft. I told all those motherfuckers who, who didn't think there was a, there were any aliens. <laughs> I, they didn't listen to me! It's I like, mum, but witness... I show them. It's like, you can't use this as evidence, mum. Witness testimony is the most, like, fallible uh, type yeah, of evidence exactly. available. You can't... And, and this is what our podcast is based on. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, well, um, it's not the most believable thing ever, Mark. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be straight up I'm, with you. I'm going to be straight up. I think you're talking bullshit. <laughs> but, um... It's interesting. The, the the image that you've provided me has certainly um, filled me with curiosity. Yeah. Mm. So what are you thinking? Well, well, personally, I do not believe in alien extraterrestrial beings that uh, visit this planet. Okay. So I'm a bit unsure as to whether or not I want to believe you that you saw something that flies and hovers about unlike anything we... As humans can build. So, uh, for the moment, shall we park the extraterrestrial hypothesis to one side and explore the other options? Yes, for now. And maybe maybe we'll come back to aliens. And, and I don't want to turn into one of those sort of like totally crazy um, corners of the internet places. <laughs> that, 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 that Area 51, man. Yeah, because... I'm, I'm not interested in doing that either. I'm just interested no, in sort okay. of sceptically evaluating a very strange, a very strange experience. Phenomenon. Phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay, right. So we're parking extraterrestrials. We do not believe in aliens. Uh, not ones that well, visit Earth, anyway. I don't say that I don't believe in aliens. Uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, as a, as a skeptic, I'm not going to rule out that extraterrestrials haven't visited Earth because you can't prove a negative. But I'm going to say that True. at the moment there are probably more plausible explanations than the extraterrestrial hypothesis for this event. That's a better way of putting it. Let's go with that. So, what do you think? <laughs> well, well, I mean, I was hoping you would continue because, I mean, I, I'm a bit... As you said, it's probably not a hang glider covered in Christmas lights. Yeah, possibly. So, um, um, I mean, what what could it be? Some kind of giant bird? A giant... Well, funny that you mentioned giant bird. That was actually a, a very uh, a very coincidental segue, and it's not intentional oh, okay. at all. But I was Fair about well, to bring in um, some talk about the... Are you familiar with the the SR seventy one Blackbird that was produced by Lockheed Martin? Um, uh, the um, st- like the supersonic stealth plane. Yeah, the stealth reconnaissance seventy one. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of widely known, but not really talked about by the wider public. That kind of upper echelon groups in the United States government particularly spend vast percentages of taxpayers money on highly classified projects like that's kind of accepted when you when you kind of you go to nevada and you stand outside um places like area i know we did, you didn't want to get into like fringe uh weird ufo <laughs> subjects but when the fringe conspiracies when, when, yeah. when you kind of stand outside a base like uh groom lake at, at nevada which was previously denied up until recently like the existence of it was completely denied by yeah um, it was by yeah. the united states You've got to admit that taxpayers' money's going on some secret projects. Uh, at, they at must the very do least. somewhere. They've got to have something that they don't tell everyone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Every government, even if it's not some kind of technological war game thing, does have some things that aren't publicly available. 
There's always something. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, so the SR-71 and the B-2 stealth bomber are kind of often pointed to as kind of paradigmatic examples of the US armed forces producing experimental craft, which I guess until fairly recently have been classified far beyond the sight of uh, the public who paid for them. Mm. Um, and I guess some people claim uh, forthrightly, maybe, I don't know though, um, that that's their right to do it. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, after all, given the sort of the capabilities of the craft, um, those two vehicles, along with others, have kind of they've served as principal elements to national security for the United States, at least, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, so the secrecy maintained during their production and periods of active use has kind of been integral to maintaining yeah, I mean, it, a tactical advantage or whatever. It makes sense not to give. It's, it's like we have a super stealth plane. Let's tell yeah, everyone yeah. about it. Yeah, it kind yeah. of defeats the purpose. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, it's kind of to it's kind of yeah. So it's kind of accepted to be in the public's interest to maintain that kind of veil, which I guess is why people, uh, aside from the fact they don't know about it, they don't get too uppity about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, however, however, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna place a tiny caveat here, which might segue into the kind of thing that I was thinking about talking about. Um, so. Do you know how roughly how many SR seventy ones were made? Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and that's always not a very good one to <laughs> to do. But I'm looking at the number of thirty two. Yeah, that's co- yeah. As far as I'm aware, that's correct. Okay, good. Um, and it was retired was the- in 1999 by NASA. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also yes, correct. That's all good. Um, so each of them, each of the Blackbirds produced, cost approximately um, thirty three million dollars. Yeah. Do Do you want to do the numbers on that? <laughs> <laughs> the no, dude. Yeah, do the, just, na- let's do the numbers. Right, what I was just, it? I, I just did the numbers. Oh, okay, good. So e- each one costs thirty-three million, and that equates, you know, times by thirty-two. That's one billion fifty-six million. Oh yeah. Um. So according to recent budget releases, um, various organizations, you know, the three-letter organizations, mm. um, they've amounted spending of approximately one hundred and twenty billion dollars in the last fiscal year alone, and that would have been back in 2014. Okay. So, if those figures... And they could be completely irrepresentative of of black budget spending. Yeah, sure. Uh, Black budget being uh, just just so... Stuff we don't know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, stuff that's, like, not uh, overseen by Congress. Yeah. Um, So, if they're truly... But if they are truly representative of black budget spending, then the cost of production of all SR-71 Blackbirds ever made is roughly equal to 0.88% of the total black budget spending in the last year alone. Um, Wow. So, simply put, that begs the question as to the whereabouts of the remaining 99.22% of all this money. Yeah. What are they doing with it, Mark? What are they doing with it? And also, I'm not saying that's not to say that the SR-71 costs offset the last year's spending at all. I'm just trying to kind of put into context the cost of a particular project and how that would figure into the spending of last year's budget. Yeah, for sure. It It would be a very small amount. They've they've got a lot of people's money to play with, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, So just to put that in further perspective, NASA's annual budget is equal to around 0.015% of the figure I just gave you oh, for black budget God. spending. That is We will also include citations least. of all the figures of black budget spending and things like that, just so uh, people don't think that I was completely pulling those figures out of my ass, even though they might be incorrect. Um, the sources might be incorrect, and I'm willing for people to educate me on that subject, and I, I welcome that. As a man that's very interested in space, that's very dis- distressing. Uh, as as you pointed out earlier, the SR seventy one Blackbird was re- fully retired in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that was six years ago. No, sixteen no, years ago. No. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Sixteen years. <laughs> You're ago. in the wrong century, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked the last decade. A long, long time ago. And look at the kind of leaps and bounds technologically in the public domain that we've made in the last sixteen yeah. years. I mean. I mean, if you took a an iPhone even back 16 years and showed it to somebody who was walking around with a big brick Nokia... You'd be burnt for witchcraft. And rightly so. Yeah, because burn them. Because it's Apple of bastards. <laughs> We're going to get an endorsement from that later. <laughs> this podcast on iTunes. Oh, yeah. No, for sure, it's crazy. The the memory of Steve Jobs live on air.
Well, we're probably not going to get him live on air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> what have we done? We went there. We, we went, went there, and, and we can never return now. Oh, save God, us, Mark! Come on, to... save the conversation. We're going to hell. <laughs> yes, we are. there's no saving us. There's, there's God can't save you now. <laughs> All the prayers in the world ain't gonna help you now, Sonny Jim. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> trying to trying to get back on. Reading it back in. Uh, I'm trying to kind of get to a place where we say, I know, I know that it, this is kind of a gaps kind of argument, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying we, ha- we have a 99.22% kind of ratio to play with out of $120 billion, yeah. um, in which we could maybe postulate that a couple of advances in aerospace have been made uh, <laughs> in the last six years. Uh, yeah, you would hope that maybe they had. I guess the question then becomes, if we accept that... This is some kind of government black budget, uh, uncongressional or, or uncongressionally overseen project. Mm. Why the fuck are they driving it around? <laughs> Why are they in my backyard? <laughs> what? Why? What are you doing here oh. with your your space crafty things? Absolutely. So I I want to. Yeah, put the question to the internet. If they know, if anyone out there knows or has any information on potential black budget, I know you probably can't if it's completely classified at, at the yeah, risk of death. Yeah, can I just I'm say, just... does anyone randomly on the internet just, like, know about the government's black budget? Because, um... <laughs> by the way, by the... <laughs> I worked on this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone's going to know, Mark. I think somebody will know. It's just I that think they... someone will think they know, but I don't think they'll know. They're highly unlikely to tell me about yeah. it. Just some jumped up little post. Yeah, so, I'm a random man on the internet, and here are all the answers. <laughs> that never happened. Tell, tell me. me. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm just curious to know if there are any reports of similar craft being seen around the same time in the middle of 2006 in the southwest of England. Um, and if so, you know, share them, share, share them with let's, us. Let us know, and maybe we can we can bust the lid wide open on this bastard. <laughs> let's crack this case. <laughs> let's break this bitch right open. Let's crack it together, boy. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Eddie? Because I, I, I know I put a lot on the table, and I know there's probably a lot to criticise in there, and there's a um, lot to. Well, again, I mean, it kind of goes back to the point that you started before, which is you have no idea what you're talking about. This yeah, I have is based no idea what I'm talking about. In- Entire speculation. However, the speculation isn't that much of a far-fetched one, shall we say? Well, it it, it could it it could stand. It could stand. I'm not saying it does stand, but it could. Um, it's definitely interesting. I mean, like you said, the, the, with that much proposed budget, they say that they do have that. There must have been some kind of advances in aerospace technology so i'm imagining what you're saying is that the thing that you claim to have seen it was some kind of uh prototype mm-hmm, test mm-hmm. aerospacey thing yep yeah potentially Which... well I, I i'm i would lean more towards that than it being an extraterrestrial craft well exactly because no one stuck a probe up your ass so you uh, well, well i didn't have any missing well, time well, well, not, not at the time yeah <laughs> But, um, they've been back since <laughs> they've been, they came they knocked on my door um but uh you, you know you know so but the, the one question i have is kind of what you posed to the internet is in why do you think if it was some kind of very expensive very extremely secret prototype aerospacey thing that's the technical term why would they be flying it over a road it wasn't a road. That's the thing. It was a very, very kind of. Where were you taking your girlfriend then? Just back to. I was taking. I was giving her a. She lift. lived in a tree. It was a road. I'll give you that as a road, but a very, very remote kind of B road that was going up to the top of a hill. That's kind of in a. Mm. The, the little hamlet she lived in was in a very remote kind of area of fields. So it was just it yeah. literally just fields and a couple of houses, and I can imagine if we weren't there, nobody would have seen the craft at all. But then, do you really think they might have taken the risk of flying it over road that could have been used by anyone at any time? Um, I don't know. You is know? the answer to that? Yeah, um, exactly. That's that's the one thing I'm thinking. I mean, if they really are trying to keep this sort of like, you know, under wraps, mm-hmm. then you kind of, you know, yeah. you do like an Area Fifty One. You fly it in a desert. True. True. Not, um, not, not could... over a residential area. I guess. 
as as rural as this residential area may be, yeah, it's still and, and sparse, mildly and residential. A, yeah, and as sparsely populated as it as it would be, unless the kind of technology that it was the, the propulsion system is powered by requires some kind of interference with electromagnetism, which would be boosted by uh, electromagnetics in the area. Whereas if they uh, so like houses, and... I'm just saying, any physicist, please feel free to jump in and tell me that what I'm saying. <laughs> well, absolutely... actually, you're you're wrong. <laughs> it wouldn't require it. The Earth's electromagnetic field is far, you know, sufficient to allow anti gravity. <laughs> <laughs> anti gravity does not depend on houses. All right, physicist, we'll fucking build one then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I get. I don't know. I, I, that's not really my area of expertise. Yeah, mine not Shakespeare. Mine not. Shakespeare is. So, um, what would Shakespeare say? <laughs> let, let me get my anthology out. And, and what see. would Shakespeare I'm say? A... He'd say, There are more things dreamt of in heaven and earth. No, I can't even get the quote right. There are more things in heaven and earth that are dreamt of in your philosophy. Oh! Well, you, ma- you managed to quote Shakespeare, and I, I can't think of anything, so that goes my degree down the drain. But, um. Oh, crap. No, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. I misquoted um, Shakespeare, actually. <laughs> oh, well, well, at least you tried. You, you pr- you've probably bother. done far better just not, not trying <laughs> than I did. <laughs> trying and failing. I, really, I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, but that, even so, I mean, if it, if it is, if you're suggesting, which you are, but yeah, just <laughs> as an as an as an off suggestion yep. that um, it, it's something that requires there to be sort of uh, a sort of built up population or some kind of thing that gives off electromagnetic fields to to work off. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what would be the point in that? Because you'd only have to fly over houses, and then everyone would see it. See it. Yeah, good question. Again, <laughs> you know I mean? again it kind of does that not defeat the point. <laughs> in a bit Un- unless they're like building some kind of like um you y- you know like detention facility that constantly flies over <laughs> houses to- and considering where david cameron's going i probably would have been inclined to agree with that it's just like some kind of um suppression unit that flies over people's houses barking at them did you just say that you thought that david cameron was building a, a, a mobile detention center it, maybe well, in which case the aircraft would be extraterrestrial because he's clearly a reptilian. <laughs> We've cracked it. Right. Now, next episode, how to get rid of the reptiles. Tinfoil hats. <laughs> Tinfoil hats. Choose your design now. What's in this week? The, you've got the infamous dickhead version, which is just, uh, you know, a straight up, <laughs> straight up pylon on your head. I like to uh, form mine into a nice trilby. Trilby. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Stylish Tin trilby. Yes, stylish and impenetrable to my thoughts. Imagine like a like you know. Did you ever play Half Life when you were a wee wee nipper? Of course, I play. I played Half Life last week. Excellent. It's so good. <laughs> Imagine like a head crab tinfoil hat. <laughs> Just I put this. It feeds off my brain. The complete opposite of what tinfoil hat is supposed yeah, to do. Exactly. <laughs> that's the one that David Cameron gives out. But anyway, so un- uh, unless moving reptilians and weird detention centres aside, um, so I guess yeah, maybe we could, maybe we could put the electromagnetism hypothesis to one side because that seems unlikely given what you said. I mean, again, it may um, not be unlikely. It may be used for something else. I just think that if if, if why make something that has to fly over houses where everyone can see it? <laughs> yeah, we got this all powerful technology, but it's completely dependent on other technologies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's completely dependent on people having satellite dishes. <laughs> I made this toaster pitch you gotta buy this microwave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well uh, hey that well that's Apple for you, isn't it? We br- we made this brilliant thing and you have to buy five other No, that's Nintendo, isn't it? Nintendo We've got this amazing thing. Now buy all the other things that for it unless it doesn't work. It seems like a pretty implausible marketing strategy for, like, third-party military aerospace contractors, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, if Nintendo can do it, so can we. Oh, by by the way, Department of Naval Intelligence, you can buy this flying triangle, but you've also got to buy our special anal probes. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what what could we use for this, this awesome, uh, like, flying machine? Uh, microtransactions. Candy Crush does it. I think we can. <laughs> We put it in. Maybe this was like the beta testing for Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> a flying detention center. So download our game. Okay, so moving on from that, what, what's for? Therefore, what is the next hypothesis? Well, I guess the only other analogy I can draw is from kind of more conventional type aircraft, which is that there are designated flight paths, 
and also occasionally. Have you ever uh, been to Glastonbury Festival? No, I haven't, personally, no. Well, anyone who's ever been there has probably noticed that um, usually on the either on the Thursday or the Friday, right. um, the RAF, they do a sweep over the festival, even though they're not cleared to fly over that airspace. Oh, okay. um, and they basically just do it to have a look. They just do it to go and have a look at the festival. And they want to see Beyonce. Yeah, and waste taxpayers' money, waste, you know, burning fuel, yeah. just having a joyride, essentially. Well, that's always good. Um, which, I get, you know, it's fun. Go, go, it's, you know, when Glastonbury's actually erected. erected. It's, the, <laughs> it's the largest city in Somerset when it's up temporarily. Yeah, sure. Um, and I guess most people probably like to see the, the planes fly over. Well, it's well, irritating to be honest when you're trying to watch but, a band and all you've got is. <laughs> and there's like that one hippie with his Tim Four hat. Like, man, I wish they'd release these fucking triangles so they weren't so fucking noisy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They, they have these silent triangles with lights on them. They're so nice. <laughs> so, so the analogy I could draw there is that they maybe have a specific flight path or. When they're flying and they're doing a test flight, they just kind of pick a location at random. And because it's, you know, they, they can move around so quickly. Um, they hope that no one will actually be about to see it. Yeah, they just look for sparsely populated areas and just do very quick maneuvers mm. in and out. And, yeah, and also, I mean, there are military bases around the south of England that could be monitoring them as well. So I was just going like, to say, are you near any sort of like military air bases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Blanford Camp, which is not too far away from from where I'm talking about. Um, there is one down in Poole, which um, I know not, Poole. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 a facility down there. And oh, essentially, okay. what could be happening is if it is a United States uh, aircraft, they could be flying it around British airspace and getting different sites to track it on radar. And then giving them a call and saying, did you track any strange anomalies on radar? And if so, what were you tracking them at? Just to get uh, correlative data. Yeah, um, that's true, actually. I don't know. I'm, I'm completely speculating now. I don't know how um, military methodology works, but I'm just no. kind of... If but I get... wanted... No, sorry, go on, sorry. Oh, no, you. <laughs> oh, no, you. No, no. I'm just thinking, that, I mean, just on the basis that if America is testing it and they want sparsely populated areas, they're not really at a loss for them in America. Yeah, true. That's, but that's true. maybe it's some kind of multinational United Nations boat. Well, probably yeah, the wouldn't thing be is, the UN, if, would it? <laughs> if if they had a craft that was able to uh, perform the kind of manoeuvres that I witnessed, maybe they're going to want to be doing a bit of a longer kind of a longer demonstration than just moving. I know North America is fucking large anyway, but yeah. they might be wanting to see how quickly they can go between nations and timing it. Oh, that's true. Especially if they, especially if they operate in like lower Earth orbit, like how quickly they can go from one point in North America up into orbit, and then from orbit to another location, then back up into orbit and back to North America again. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, that definitely could be a thing. I mean, I was also thinking when I was saying uh, why do they um, fly over a road? I mean, if it's a testing, it may have strayed off the path a bit. Yeah. You know, you never know. You may come across it just because it kind of went a bit. They ballsed it a bit, and it turned up somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the position of these these kinds of system at all. In because in- also, I mean, I mean, again, this is speculation, but I imagine if they are building a new, um, some kind of new test flight, you know, machiney thing, <laughs> Good, <laughs> test flight machiney um, thing, it would probably be unmanned. It'd probably be a UAV. There wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a dude in it. Possibly Pretty much not. every new development in space, like drone technology, mm-hmm. maybe it's something like that. Yeah, and also I guess if if it's if it works on some other technology than than anti gravity, where it creates some kind of like gravity shielding around it, there's going to be some serious kind of like inertial kickback to going at that kind of speed. So you probably you... get vaporized if you're in it. <laughs> we put a test bite in it, but he turned to goo. <laughs> He's now not a person. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Smith, your wife is ne- your husband is now in this jar. Yeah, <laughs> he is He's... now. Uh, a, a plasmic gas. Yeah. <laughs> your, your husband is now plasma. He can talk I'm to you sorry. by he can talk to you by infiltrating your brain. <laughs> <laughs> we will never be separated. <laughs> we are always one. I mean, actually, uh, I'm just going to send you this link here. Ooh. This is very interesting, and we'll put this also in the in the old uh, little linky dumpy thing. Whatever yeah. we call that. But this is because I was looking at the um, the blackbird from the Wikipedia page. This apparently is the new proposed it hasn't been built yet aircraft the that that will succeed it so oh shit they've gone with a really imagine, imaginative name of 
SR-72. <laughs> yeah. However, Hypersonic strategic reconnaissance aircraft. Oh, yeah. my days. And also, uh, if you see the, um, the rendering, it's mildly triangular. It's mildly attractive as well. I like it. It is. Look it's that. quite sexy. I like it. Yeah. But also, again, we're talking about low orbit. I mean, imagine that is. It. It looks like it's going to be some kind of low orbit flying so, machine. But it's also going to be unmanned if they do. Again, so have, you been, have you been doing a quick a quick scan on this? I've been. I've been reading reading a bit. I'm reading a bit. So is this is this still hypothetical or is it? I think it's mostly hypothetical. Yes. Interesting. So, as far as of... I can tell, uh, construction of an optionally piloted scale demonstrator is planned to start in 2018. Although I believe that is to do with the um, the engines on it. Um, yeah. However, I mean, yeah, I think they are looking to build this. I just think at the moment it's it's a concept at the moment. Um, yeah, mm. presumably this aircraft is. It's a conventional propulsion system, right? It works on uh, ramjets. Combustion. Is, yeah, ramjets is what it's looking to. Interesting. Aerodynamic compression with subsonic combustion. So that's going to be like Mark three. Yeah, or... but uh, most vision at Mach three being able to go up to Mach six. Shit, that that's... is a fast plane. That's quick. That's that quick. is a fast plane. What's the what's the uh, highest speed plane we have at the moment? Is it six? I think six. I is... think six is like the. It's well, we've conventional combustion engines, certainly. I'm not sure that's what this was, though, um, given the fact that it it performed a hovering maneuver. Well, I know, I'm sure, I'm sure. I just, I just interested me with the 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 shape of it. it, seemed sort of mildly triangular. So maybe they're going off that design, but you know, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to test out other forms of propulsion because. Yeah, you know, conventional fuel is not going to be last. It's not going to be a viable thing for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that. Well, you know, I guess it could have uh, propulsion-wise different subsystems. So if it wants to perform hovering maneuvers, it switches over to. I don't know how plausible this is to to kind of change over in real time, but they could have come up with something that changes over to like a a vertical levitation uh, when it wants to hover. And then switches to a a, a more kind of conventional propulsion when it wants to do a, an acceleration maneuver. But then you said that it, it raises altitude higher, or did it shoot off? Yeah, it raises altitude higher, uh, and it accelerated from a static position in the sky. So it, it didn't land and then take off again. It stayed in the air and then... Yeah, sure, it stayed and it hovered. I mean, you know, hovering is not something that is impossible. There, there was the, um, the Harrier, the jump jet, as they call it, although that wasn't obviously made with um, gravitational propulsion. Yeah, they just have jets on the bottom that makes it fly up. But yeah, it's definitely something that the military has looked into doing before. I mean, it's obviously far more convenient to land something that can hover on a like a an aircraft carrier than bring it in on a runway. That's the reason they made them for sure. Uh, I'm just reading this thing. We'll go, there's going to be a moment of silence while I read this thing. Sorry, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> so, so while Eddie's doing a little bit of reading, I just want to further discount this, this craft was extraterrestrial. And the, 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 one of the first things to note is that the Milky Way galaxy, which is our own galaxy, which contains about 100 billion stars, is about 100,000 light years um, across. So That it is. In order to make in order to make a trip from uh, one end of the galaxy to the other end of the galaxy at the speed of light, which is one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second, um, that's going to take. Can you do the math quickly? Two thousand years. Two thousand years. Yeah. No, 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 no. One thousand years. 1, 000, one, yeah. and, and, and then and then back again would be two thousand. So it's the time since the birth of Christ. <laughs> to 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 make to make a trip at the speed of light. So um, even if you've got anti grab technology, unless you're unless you're travelling through traversable wormholes, like you're not going to be able to get here in anything like a realistic time frame and get back, um, unless your civilization is a species which lives for thousands of years, um, which you know possible but implausible. And, and, and this. You know, this thing didn't look like it was capable of interdimensional physics. Like it was, <laughs> it's, it wasn't some crazy sci-fi shit. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was weird and it was quick and it was doing things I've never seen a, a conventional aircraft do that I know of. But I, it, it wasn't moving so fast that you couldn't track it with the naked eye. Um, no, for sure. 
But I mean, so are you saying that with the um, you know the two thousand years the extraterrestrial thing? Well, of course, you're cut. You are there. Are there is also potentially? It's not necessarily going to ever happen. But uh, fast and light travel, such as warp drives. Yeah, warp sure. Drives, yeah, warp drives yeah, are I a could... thing. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just kind of going with the... Conventional the kind of, methods. Yeah, I'm kind of using a bit of Occam's razor here and just kind of thinking that, um, you know, even if you can travel as fast as the speed of light, which is which is kind of impossible no, unless you're sure. cheating it with things like warp drives and, like, moving the curvature of space-time in your favour, yeah. um, or manipulating extra dimensions, which we don't have any clue about because, you know that's right at the forefront of our understanding of physics, it's still going to take 2,000 years to get here and back. It's going to take here. a ruddy long time. Well, to get, yeah, to, to, to traverse the galaxy is going to take implausible, implausible amounts of time, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. So unless you've got a more implausible kind of technology, that's kind of the argument I'm making. I'm kind of saying, yeah, unless sure, you've got yeah. a really implausible kind of technology, um, you're not going to be extraterrestrial, so why not appeal to the terrestrial explanation, which could be that it's a... A very very advanced black budget aircraft. I definitely think it's the more uh, plausible of the two uh, potential explanations. No, yeah, for sure. And I, I honestly, if I was to, and I'm not saying I do agree with you, but if I was to ever uh, side with you on this stance, I would definitely be more likely to go for the the military explanation than the extraterrestrial one. Well, also, I should, I should probably point out as well, or just kind of reiterate the fact that I also don't... I'm, I'm, willing, to, I'm willing to be open to uh, explanations which say that we were all having... You know, the three of us were having some kind of hallucin hallucination. I mean, there have been mass hallucinations in the past. There's an... Yeah. There's an I mean, there's an event... It's probably, you probably know about it. It's really well documented. It was called the Dance of the Sun or something like that, where about a thousand people claim they witnessed the sun actually... Uh, leave its position in the sky, do a little dance, and then hop back in. What? Um, no, I've not heard of that. <laughs> that I mean, sounds hilarious. I, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll try and uh, I'll try and get get that up for you a second, and you can have yeah, a look at I it mean, in real time. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> was, this, was this all at some kind of crack house? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was out in a big in a big field. It always happens in a big field. I well, might be getting the name of it wrong. It's, it might not be called The Dance of the Sun. Um, Miracle of the Sun. It's called The Miracle of the Sun, sorry. Miracle of the Sun. In, yeah, in Fatima. So I'll, 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 I'll link you to that right away. In 1917. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, 30,000 people. Wow, 100,000 people. Sorry, my figures were out. <laughs> yeah, just, only just. <laughs> Witnessing the event. That's really annoying. It's got this picture of people witnessing the event, but not a picture of the damn event. <laughs> <laughs> Here are people witnessing the event. <laughs> Someone turn the fucking camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, you had a camera. You could have tried to take a photo at least. Yeah, it's at least like get a tripod out and like do a quick test. Like this is the position of the sun with a camera in this position. Yeah, and, and two then... seconds later, I took this photograph and the sun was like, out of frame. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was 1917, so you know, not not uh, yeah. not, not the best. You couldn't do a time lapse photography, could you? Oh, okay, yeah. In fairness, in, in 1917, it's all black and white. But it's just funny that there's just this picture of all these people going, "Oh, wow!" up at the sky, <laughs> and no pictures of the sky. Yeah. So, so for those who aren't familiar with the story, um, apparently this this crowd of between thirty thousand to hundred thousand people have gathered because three uh, three young shepherd children um, had been told apparently that um, at midday uh, a lady who had appeared to them several times would come back uh, at this particular time and perform a miracle uh, near uh, Fatima in a place called Cova de Iria. Yeah. And. Um, According to a lot of the witnesses, uh, after a massive rainstorm which drenched them all, and to be honest, if I was in a crowd of three thirty thousand to a hundred thousand people, and I was getting fucking pissed on. I would get pissed at those three little kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is that the great oh, miracle? No, really, fucking... come on. <laughs> Basically, that a load of people reported that the clouds suddenly broke and the sun did like this weird zigzagging pattern in the sky. Um, and it's attributed to a mass hallucination whereby people in the crowd kind of chivvy each other up to have the same hallucination they're having. Yeah. 
It's happened. I might, I might have made that up. Actually, that might not be what it's been attributed well, to no, at all. But, but I mean, I, that has happened. That has happened to me before. Uh, not with Dancing Sun, of course, but um, <laughs> which is always a good thing. No, I, I hadn't slept for a very, very long time. Um, yeah. So I was very tired, and neither had my uh, a, a common friend of ours, Andy, hadn't slept either. And we were sitting in my room, just sort of staring out the window because we were sort of like you know, brain dead individuals. And he said to me that he saw uh, a man on the edge of a crane in the distance. Yeah. Now, because I was so tired and he was so convinced it was there, I began to see this man on the end. But but obviously now thinking back, there was no one on there. I know there was no one on there, but it's just because I was so tired and so susceptible to... You know, I, my, my, I wasn't thinking as straight because I hadn't slept for like five days or something like that. Uh, I was so I was very susceptible to to persuasion and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I was sort of like egged on into believing this. And then obviously after I'd slept and looked at it, I was like, I wouldn't have been able to see a man from that distance. The right. train was quite far away, but it was just that. Yeah, so th- so this is quite a, a sort of a common psychological phenomena, whereby if somebody front loads you with information of how to interpret a particular set of data, then you tend to interpret it that way first off. So, yes. for for example, if you can imagine seeing like just a big splat of paint on the wall, and somebody tells you that there's a little smiley face in one of the splotches, you're front loaded then to kind of see that that smiley yeah, face. It's, it's, yeah, and, exactly. And you can't stop looking at it that way. Yeah. Um, but if nobody had said it to you, you might not. You might not have interpreted you might not it have that way. That. Which I mean, I, now I can see that happening with things that are very small details, such as something moving on the edge of a crane or a smiley face and a, a very small smiley face in a splodge of paint. However, when you get to things such as the sun jigging about in the sky or giant floating weird aircraft that's flying over the car, then it, it gets a bit sort of. It, can you really convince? Because if I was sitting next to you, it's like, oh look, there's a giant kraken above us. You'd be like, N- no, there's not. What are you talking about? Yeah. So what we've got here now is kind of like scales of plausibility, whereby uh, we're kind of saying that once you get to a certain number of witnesses to a particular event, the less likely it is to be false. Yes, for sure. I mean, it's not the best way to look at something, but it's definitely a good way to judge plausibility. Yeah, particularly of witness testimony, I guess. But then again, yeah. witness testimony is kind of not accepted in science anyway for good reasons, which we know. No, like, for sure. Pe- people for are just sure. kind of people are shit at knowing objectively <laughs> what's going on, which is and, pe- and people lie. Exa- absolutely, yeah. Which is kind of why I'm couching this entire conversation in. I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> this whole thing is bollocks. I gen- it probably is absolute bollocks, and I'm, I'm probably going to wake up tomorrow and realise that the whole thing was actually a hallucination. And uh, I'm gonna... well, you haven't done, you haven't realised that until the last ten years. So yeah, I don't true. know what, what t- tomorrow is going to change. <laughs> a bit late now. I've done the podcast. A bit late now. Um, oh, but sh- I mean, uh, on the basis of that, I mean, like, have you done? Have you done any sort of looking into this sort of thing? Like, has anyone else had seen something that you've seen online that that matches your experience? Yeah, good question. Um, so, I yeah, uh, uh, as you could probably imagine, after seeing something like that um, for the last ten years, I've kind of been, um, I've kind of been do- conducting. Uno- I call it unofficial research, but to be honest, in the in the in the kind of UFO uh, investigation field, there's such a thing as official research. Yeah, well, what is official research? I mean, it's, 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 it's a completely taboo subject in in yeah. modern academia at all levels. So nobody's going to kind of take any of that research seriously. Mm-hmm. But no, I, for sure. I, I've conducted kind of what research I can, and it okay. seems that the the black triangle UFO phenomenon is. Um, quite a common observation it's, it's quite a commonly observed configuration of craft basically okay uh, so but the thing is I, I i'm also starkly aware that that um you know you can make post hoc kind of after the event alterations to your remembering of of these kind of events and yeah. also when you get back together with the people who were there with you at the time your alterations of the events can also influence their remembering of the events and you basically you just end up with a big mess of testimony that doesn't actually track the truth of what happened no um, sure in the real event at all so maybe when i got back together with the people that were there at the time um we both yeah or we we three kind of ruined our own remembering of 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 the event yeah for sure what we're talking about nowadays is just not true at all completely open to that kind of speculation but getting back to the point um 
triangle UFOs seem to be a common configuration, but I'm willing to concede the point that maybe my reading after the event has tainted my perception of no, what the event was sure. actually like. Because mm. a, a lot of a lot of these events, they kind of claim to ha- a lot of them claim to have seen a big red light, a central red light in the middle okay. of the craft. I didn't see that. I right. saw white lights all around the perimeter. Yeah, um, and a lot of them also claim to. Like, the size of the craft differs from what I saw. Like, a lot of them claim to see big, mile-wide triangles. I mean, you've probably heard about the testimony of... And also seen the footage of the Phoenix Lights in Arizona. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, Like, a lot of people who were there at the time claimed that this was a big, structured kind of uh, chevron shape uh, Mm. moving through the sky at a very slow rate of speed. That's not what I saw. I didn't see a chevron shape. I saw a complete equilateral triangle. Yeah, that's the Um, last word I was thinking of. Not isosceles. No. Um... But yeah, so so speculation on this is, you know, that there are a lot of people who who don't just work in UFO research. They work in kind of black budget aeronautics research where they try and get information on classified projects, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So one of the areas that I've kind of stumbled into um, is, a, is a craft called the Tango Romeo 3 Bravo, so okay. TR-3B. So if you, if you T- Google that, Google the TR-3B. Uh, three. Oh, I think I was just looking at this. The Black Manta. Uh, I've never heard it called that before, but it's probably that's probably a common TR-3A name. TR-3A is off. the reconnaissance airplane of the United Air Force developed under a black project. The only real evidence for such aircraft is based on speculations about several reported sightings of mysterious flying wing aircraft in a track of the California desert known as Antelope Valley. But there's a famous case of observations of the TR-3B, which is supposedly the sister craft of the TR-3A. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to be like a smaller ca- uh, smaller counterpart, which coincides with the observation that um, I had back in 2006. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to find the picture of it. Yeah, okay, right. I'm looking at that photo. And it, I mean, it's very similar to the uh, the thing that you drew afterwards. Not entirely the same. But obviously it's again, not exactly the same, is it? It's perspective and and things like that. However, I mean, this one has that central red light. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But it does but have also, the lights on the perimeter, per- perimeter even. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. It has the lights, lights. Lights also have the the you know it may have been um, reflections refracted through the windows, all sorts of things that light can do when you're looking at it, especially when it was dark. Exactly, you know, and lights you, can do you funny things. And, and like, I, I, you know, you made a point to our good friend Leash the other day that you never know how light's going to respond to or refract through camera lenses as well. So you don't I know, know how. for sure, yeah. Um, so the, the picture that I've just sent you, and we'll put that, we'll also put it on the blog. The case that it's from is called, uh, famously called the Belgian UFO wave, which was a series of sightings of craft like that, and like the one, similar to the one I see I saw back in 2006, but not identical. Okay. And this wave of sightings lasted uh, in Belgium um, between 1989 to about April in 1990. So okay, you know, you know, probably a good seven or eight months. Yeah. Um, and you know about 30 different groups of witnesses these were groups of witnesses not individual witnesses including police officers and and you know but yeah the objects were tracked on radar and chased by two belgian air force f16s uh, photographed oh, okay. and were sighted by an estimated 13,500 uh, people on the ground wow. 2600 of whom filed written statements describing in detail what they'd seen and all of the reports coincided yeah okay. so there's no trace evidence of these craft bar radar tracking visual confirmation from the ground, uh, photographs of the kind that I just sent you. Um, I mean, the, the only thing that you don't have for, uh, for a smoking gun is like a, a little green man or... <laughs> <laughs> a little green man. So, or a, or a, indeed a US Army or Navy boot. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Ah, it's interesting. I, didn't, I did not see all of this crap before. There's a lot of crap. When I when I say little green man from now on, take it that I mean a guy dressed up in navy apparel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little green man is just it's just a navy seal or something, isn't it? It's just a test pilot. Yeah. Oh, the little green man. So I, I can speculate that the craft that I saw was potentially of the same kind that's postulated by these TR three B theories. Whether it's actually called the TR three B is questionable. I mean, obviously. We don't know. It might have been a code name, may not have been a code name, but they definitely refer to the same object, which was similar in nature to the kinds that I 
saw back in 2006. And I'm, all, I'm also willing to concede that the light configuration isn't interchangeable. Like, or, I mean, a lot of people have also explored the possibility that this is just a regular aircraft that has lights on the bottom that are designed to change into various configurations to kind of distort an observer's view of what of it looks the, like from the bottom. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's it, yeah. Especially if the lights, I mean, were the lights very bright when you saw it? Really bright, like, like yeah. almost LED bright. So you bright. can't actually make out the shape itself. Um, you mm. could see that there was a structure to the craft, but I'm not willing to yeah, but you rule out the possibility you, that I saw the entirety of the craft at the time. I mean, I imagine you could probably see a basic outline, but not in much of the detail in the workmanship. And yeah, exactly. Such. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't see. I couldn't see details. What material it was made out of? Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, yeah, I can see. Or details if it had a or, giant laser gun. Yeah, I can see the laser on the top. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ion cannon the ion cannon <laughs> yeah. but yeah but that's the thing i mean that there, there is a reason why they would do that for sure yeah um the only reason i'm i i'm kind of leaning towards ruling out that it's just a plane with with funny lights on the bottom are the maneuvers again like it's uh, the, the way the way that it moved yeah yeah for sure however get i mean the, get inside yeah, there already yeah, no, sorry, you're you're boring me, you bastard. Um, no, but again, but the the you know, again, as we're saying, it is it is entirely possible that the military or other government uh, funded um, projects are looking into making, um, you know, alternative propulsion methods. I mean, the, 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 we there's even a a, a company, Tau Zero, which um an organization that advocates research into interstellar travel which is no longer affiliated with nasa however i believe that they are the sort of people that um no one they don't they don't um develop per se but they're definitely the sort of people that uh fund and uh promote you know, research into interstellar travel. And the the reason why this came up is because um, between n- somewhere in the 90s and 2002, NASA was looking into such things as uh, gravitational propulsion and interstellar travel. And there are still, you know, NASA still does do some research into it. It's not a forefront. So um, what are these, like a, a private foundation that project. have kind of, kind of taken NASA's ball and run with it into... So yeah. kind of like a, maybe like a, I, like a SpaceX kind of thing, like yeah, exactly. That is the kind of thing I'm going for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, also, I mean, NASA have actually they they are currently working on a different kind of promotion uh, for space travel, for interstellar space travel, which is the uh, which doesn't actually use fuel, but it just fires protons, and therefore I think it's fires it fires protons, and therefore creates propulsion out of nothing. So kind of like a par- like like uh, like a particle like kind a, of propulsion. That's yeah, cool. That's exactly. Cool, man. I think they actually are working on that. So, you know, there there are companies, government-funded companies and non-government-funded companies that work on such, you know, alternative proportion. Yeah. Did you see, um, this is kind of in conjunction with reports that NASA were coming out with uh, earlier, I think this year or maybe at the, uh, the back end of last year, that they were starting to work, um, at least getting into the theory sessions on a, on a possible warp drive. Yeah, and they also think that they accidentally made one. <laughs> How do you accidentally make We accidentally made a warp drive. This is the, the propulsion thing that I'm talking about. I believe it's the same thing. And they realised that sp- that light moved faster to- than the speed of light when it when it was came... Yeah. And so they think, they think, well, hang on, we just made a warp drive somehow. Yeah, that, that, yeah I think it's that in testing for this um, alternative propulsion thing, they may have they some people believe that they may have created uh, an actual warp yeah drive. and this isn't this is not actually also, so implausible as it might sound because um, no warp is not actually uh, impossible well I, I, and also i'm i'm not a physicist so i'm quite happy for anybody to correct me on this but i'm i, I was under the impression that if you created a high intensity focused laser beam um focused on a particular point uh in space you could actually uh you could actually cause uh, different. Uh, you could cause different manifolds or different geometries in that space-time region, um, just via the, a means of a focused point um, laser at a at a certain frequency. Yeah. Um, so uh, again, I also I am not. I'm a not a physicist, physicist either. either but just... I believe I've heard that as well. I, I read it in a book by a physicist um, called Ron Millet, who was 
who's been oh, working on time travel for nice. quite a few years and he claims his theory is that if you kind of you create like this crisscross of very high intensity focused lasers you can kind of swirl time up into a soup uh, so space time can it kind right. of like swirls around if you can imagine like stirring a coffee yeah and then you then okay. his ex- proposed experiment is putting a uh, i think um a proton in there uh, and then just seeing how it kind of seeing pops in and out of the space time fabric uh, like a coffee bean on the top right, of the coffee. Right, okay. Nice, okay. Very interesting, yeah. So, I'll have to look yeah, into that. so laser manipulation of space-time is not an implausible area of physics, although whether they actually achieved no. the energies during that experiment to uh, attain it is another another question, which... No, exactly. There was also that, um, that he was a professor of a university who said that in his... He's claimed that in his garage he's created a working warp drive. Wow. Now, he said he did it, and then when they've asked him to replicate the experiment, he no, failed. No, <laughs> no, no, do it. But he has not been able to replicate. But he said that he, using some sort of electromagnetic um, field, he actually created some sort of warp technology, as it were. Yeah. So, which is again, so the you know these kind of alternative propulsional things are in the mindset of people working in such areas. Maybe not the most important but then you don't know like you said with the black budget and operations such as that they may be they may be working on such things they've been definitely been shown to be mildly plausible yeah the least we can say is that they're not theoretically impossible um the plausibility of them is unknown by these two idiots hi Hi. (laughs) but we're on the internet i'll definitely be checking out this tau zero foundation in more detail because it looks interesting there yeah, I mean, again, I don't think they're anything... Uh, th- I don't think they're... They ain't nothing uh, special, mate. In a f- <laughs> they ain't nothing special. However, I think they 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 sort of um, promote interstellar travel. Well, I... Like, the, the funding of I, it. I, I'm just... I'm, I'm so, very appealed uh, by it, because I'm, I'm on their, their front page, and the first image they've got in their slider is a... It's like a banner that says, Do you stargaze? And then there's, there's like, a picture of somebody yeah. leaning back, gazing up at the stars, and then a picture of a fucking alien. Just... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Image source unknown. We stole this it. This is a photo taken um, from so, Mars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the Tau Zero Foundation is a global volunteer group of scientists, engineers, writers, and tra- entrepreneurs working together to advance the goal of interstellar flight. So they're 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 a charity basically. But again, just taking them as an example, there are many many uh, corporations and companies out there that are interested in this sort of uh, development. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, just to, just to say, we've just gone past uh, the one hour ten mark, so maybe we could either, if you want to, we can we, we can conclude now, or we can play a song and then do a second hour. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. What sort? Of, what so, What song should we play? Uh, what have you got? What have you got in your? What have you got in your in, in your biscuit tin? <laughs> in my biscuit tin, I have I have I have this this little number, and I'll play it for you now. Okay. <laughs> enough of that enough of that enough of this nonsense <laughs> enough of that nonsense <laughs> so <laughs> shall we say a few concluding remarks and then we'll okay you start with the concluding remarks <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, just maybe finish by saying that I know that there's probably a lot of in-depth researchers out there that have taken this kind of black budget aeronautics research a lot further than we have or would be able to cover in a podcast of this nature um, mm-hmm. but uh, just just want to place a caveat here to say that we're not trying to trounce anyone's research by saying the things we've said. I'm sure we've made a lot of missteps in what we're talking about. Um, oh, I'm sure everything has been a misstep. Yeah, this, this whole fucking podcast has been a misstep. <laughs> <laughs> this whole idea was um, shot. But what we're just trying to do is, 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 and my good friend Eddie is helping me in this, is understand a very confusing experience uh, that happened to me when I was younger, which did not involve uh, any kind of uh, kissing. <laughs> Although you you may need help understanding that. <laughs> that's that's for another podcast. That's for Doctor Phil. That's for that. That's for Doctor Phil. We ha- we have him on next week. You should tune in for that. Hello. Um, hello. Is that, that your Doctor Phil impression? Hello. hello. Do you have a sock on your hand? Like hello, I am I, Phil. I always wear socks on my hands, whether whether I'm on on a podcast or not. <laughs> Oh dear! But yeah, so I found that 
entirely interesting. I found it very interesting, and I'm hoping that I, I um, hope... a lot of, or maybe even one person, might be able to give us a hand in kind of in, in working out what the fuck was going on because we don't know. Yeah. No, we don't know. And I mean, like, if anyone out there who does listen to this, if anyone does listen to this, um, has had a similar experience or has a bit more information for Mark or myself, then we'll be happy to hear it. You should let Mark what know. What information do you want, Eddie? Uh, you know. <laughs> I want to know how to make money on the internet. I would also like some of that. If you've got some of that for me, then also send it my way. Cause I, yeah, exactly. Because right now, Nothing's coming in. <laughs> no Nothing. doubloons, clearly. We're, <laughs> no, we're, no dinero. We're sat around in our pyjamas eating Cheez-Its. Just <laughs> eating Cheez-Its at 3.50 in the afternoon on a Friday. What is life? Later on, I'm going to the pub. Yeah, I might go to the pub later. Oh, good. Probably see a few UFOs after that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I see one of them uh, UFO things. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the blue tuna type ones. <laughs> when I, I drink I see more blue ones <laughs> when I smoke in the herb I see things in the We've sky gone too far, I think we should just end it here yeah it's I'm over. sorry we just <laughs> end it here All right. 3, okay. 2, All right, uh, one, two. bye bye <laughs>